Royal Stanley of Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, offering securities through United Planner Financial Services. Member FINRA SIPC shares his planning approach to help people toward a place where they may be at peace regarding their financial goals. In this dynamic podcast, Royal will share his insights on how to design a retirement plan to help you plan for your future. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to Life by Design with Royal Stanley from Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors. Today we're going to be talking about tips for the recent college grad. Good afternoon, Royal. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing today? Doing fantastic. I, uh, I love this. I love helping the young people. I know you do too. And uh, I'm sure there are a lot of good positive tips for college grads and then some pretty bad tips. And we're going to focus on the good ones, right? <laughs> today? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, we'll, we'll touch on the bad and, and encourage people to avoid those pitfalls that we see over and over again. Yeah, absolutely. Just traps. There are definitely some traps out there. And I know we're going to teach them how to jump over them or sidestep them or, or just avoid them altogether. So where do we start today with this topic? Well, I think the first part of once you graduate from college, you know, figuring out where that next step is. Most people are going to go right into starting their career. Maybe maybe you take off the summer, maybe you you travel a little bit, but what I want to look at is that first kind of 3 months in that new job and your runway of getting that first job and what that looks like for people because I think that's such an important uh, starting point. Now, uh, we were talking a little earlier about this. It's not like the the old days where you would graduate and you would go to work in a factory and that's where you would be for the next 40 years. Mm-hmm. Just not the world we're living in right now. You know, I think there's some real positives there. And also, I think there's a, a little less security than what, you know, some of our, our parents might have had uh, in the past. No, absolutely. I, I think there's a lot to be said about corporations and how they treat their employees, right? I mean, there used to be pensions and there mm-hmm. used to be a lot of loyalty from the corporation to the the employee and vice versa. The employee was loyal to the corporation because there were things in place that would reward you for being there for 30, 40, 50 years. But as you know, if you've talked about another podcast, that the pension has kind of gone the way of the, the dodo and uh, there's not a whole lot of companies out there that are doing it. And and a lot of companies downsize people due to them earning too much or, or getting too old, quote unquote. And uh, it's it's hard to see loyalty happening from an employee to a corporation when there's that fear out there. And I don't know if it's, I don't know, Roy, what do you think? Is it a justified fear or is it something that maybe the media has blown up or, or what have you seen? Oh, I think it's absolutely a justified fear. You know, unless you're working for an organization, let's say like the government, um, you know, th- there are just so mm-hmm. many things that could happen to a corporation, you know, a, a family-owned business, whatever that is. So many things can happen that are just out of your control. True. So I think the biggest thing that a young person needs to look at there when they're they're going out to start their career is that you might work for a few different companies or businesses over your career. But the thing to remember is you're always working for yourself. Mm-hmm. You have to think of yourself as uh, almost as a business of how are you going to generate revenue to cover all the things that you want to do in life. You know, buying a house, saving for the future, vacation, starting a family, wh- whatever those priorities are in your life, you need to look at your career as a way of financing those things. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great point. And so the first thing I would say is, 
going into your 20s, depending on the type of degree you might have or the direction you want to go in your career, I would really encourage people to use their 20s as a way of exploring and trying things that they might have always wanted to have. I think there used to be this idea that you had to work for 40 years, get to retirement, and then do the things that you always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I think in this day and age, there, there's uh, definitely some opportunities. If you have a, a curiosity or an interest in something, your 20s is a great way of you know just getting a taste of that to see if there's something that you're truly passionate about there. Uh, and because you're you're just starting off, and as long as you follow some you know basic tips, so you don't rack up a lot of debt or uh, destroy your credit score. Or, just kind of waste your time going down what what could be a fruitless path. I think it's a great time to go out there and 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 just explore what really interests you there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's it's amazing because when you and I were kids, and not to date us both, but I don't remember really hearing about adults going back to college or or taking courses and things like that. And I think that because of all the online schooling and all the virtual colleges and and different types of programs that even the larger universities are allowing for adult education. I think that's really changed the game. So when you're in a career and you're in a field necessarily, and you're thinking, you're thinking about switching, you can do some schooling outside of your normal work and it doesn't interrupt the income coming in. It's just something additional you have to plan for. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's just, there's so many opportunities out there that you don't have to feel that once, once you graduate from college or high school, that first job has to carry you through the next 40 years. Absolutely. So I would say one of the biggest things I can recommend to somebody is to really take, you know, n- not just 15 minutes at Starbucks, but really take a, a day or two to really sit down and kind of meditate on what it is that you want out of your life and what you want out of your career. I, I just really think that that's invaluable. I don't think enough people kind of take that that time to sit back and look at what they've accomplished up to this point and then begin making that plan towards the future of where they want to go. What are those things that are just going to be important for their lives? And also, I think just as importantly, what are the things that aren't that important mm. for you? You know, not not everyone wants to have, you know, the security of for instance, owning their own home or, or starting a family at the, this point in their career, but might be feeling a lot of pressure from family to, to do these things. And I think it's it's an excellent way of really figuring out what you want. And, you know, that that separation there between high school and college is kind of the first the first time you really have that that freedom to kind of take a breath and go, OK, what do I want? Once you're done with college, then then the world really just opens up from there. There is no more institution at that point telling you where to be or what class you have to do to to achieve this this goal of graduation or, or a certificate. So taking that that moment to take a breath and really evaluate things is excellent for that that period of time between graduation and getting your first job. And I think it's also a great thing to revisit, you know, maybe on a yearly or every couple of year basis of saying, hey, am I going down the right path? Mm-hmm. Is this still where I want to be spending my time and my energy and my resources? 
Yeah, that's a fantastic point. So many times you get so busy with work and job and responsibilities, you don't take the time to just check your own mental health in that field and say, wait a second, is this really what I want to be doing? Or is there just a, something slightly different that I that I need to be looking at? Uh, no, that's a great point, Royal. What's next? Well, the other thing I think as you're making this transition, uh, if you haven't already, try to find those, those mentors that can maybe help hmm. Uh, guide you and provide you with some some well-earned wisdom of what they've seen kind of going before you. You know, that could be a, a family member, you know, an uncle or an aunt or a grandparent. Uh, it could be a professor or a teacher, someone that you respect that might be in the same field or someone who's uh, has some things going on in their lives that you would like to replicate there. Um, another great way of uh, finding a mentor is, you know, looking at those organizations that you might belong to. You know, maybe it's a, a professional organization, maybe it's a, a social organization, but just finding that that person out there that can be that resource. And I think that the interesting things with men mentors are sometimes you you will just strike gold and you will find that lifetime mentor who will walk beside you, you know, for the next 20, 30 years. Oftentimes you might just find a mentor for the next, you know, three to five years mm -hmm. or three to five months. But getting that wisdom from someone who's been down that path before is just so extremely invaluable. I mean, just having the ability to learn from someone else's mistakes, mm -hmm. um, you know, can really save you some, some time and energy there. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the best way. I mean, so we don't make those same mistakes. Um, I yeah, wish I'd exactly. learned a lot more of those lessons when I was younger because I made a, a couple whoppers. So <laughs> definitely. Me too. Me too. Yeah. All right. Where are we going from here? So uh, from here, as you kind of find that next step in, in your career or that first job, oftentimes you're walking out of college with at least some sort of student debt. Mm -hmm. Now, hopefully you've been able to manage that over your college career where, where it's not, you know, $80,000 of student debt for a, a, an English degree. In my mind, you know, you can use student debt as, as a tool to get into the career you want, but you really have to have kind of that foresight to make sure that you've done the planning around it, that you're not taking on so much debt that's just insurmountable. But regardless of that, most people are stepping out of college with that student debt. I think the number one thing you can do is you have to address the debt right away. Mm -hmm. So you, most of those student loans become repayable within that first six months, uh, depending on the type of loan. So you want to contact the loan uh, servicing company and set up those automatic payments and just begin that. I mean, there is just no reason to... Uh, I think try to game the system or, you know, try to avoid paying that back because if you do, it just compounds a problem there. Yeah. And there, there's a whole bunch of different programs out there like the, the income-based repayment option, which, you know, is really invaluable for those first, you know, let's say three to four years out of college where you're probably not not making very much at least to start. Mm -hmm. So kind of you have to kind of take the, uh, the the bull by the horns there and just start doing the basics there. I know for me, I, I didn't do a great job with that. 
you know, I, I started to get a couple of letters and go, oh, I, I should really start taking care of that uh, since these letters keep getting angrier and yeah. angrier. <laughs> yeah, they don't, just, don't to, go just, uh, they don't just go away. That's for sure. That's right. That's right. The other thing is kind of this dealing with, with your debt is you're, if you haven't already, you're going to be tempted to take on personal, in, in many cases, revolving debt. That could be credit cards. You know, th that's kind of the most insidious form uh, of this personal debt. That can be a, just a real killer. If you've been able to avoid it through college, uh, at this point, this isn't the time to start, you know, taking in all those credit card applications and building up a, a whole bunch of credit that really, as you're just starting off and, and kind of building out that future, uh, you don't want to uh, kind of saddle yourself. Mm -hmm. With uh, interest payments, you know, and interest rates uh, above twenty yeah. percent, it's just a, it's just a horrible way of uh, getting started there. So, really, want to encourage people not to feel like they have to get everything right away just because they graduated from college. So that brings us to kind of our next point here, which is starting the process of building your household. Now, probably you're not living in the dorms anymore. Probably you're. Uh, possibly moving back home, living at home for a time as you get started. Maybe you're going out there and renting an apartment, maybe with roommates or something like that. You're probably not going into buying a house right away, right after school. Mm -hmm. But that might be something that's very high on your priority list. So if you are looking at at buying that home, it's really establishing those first you know one to two years of work history as well as saving up for that down payment. So if that is kind of your, your top priority there, you really have to start laying the groundwork for that right away. Now, there's, there's a lot of wisdom there that says, hey, you should buy a home and do that kind of first things first. However, if you think you want to maintain your freedom, I think this is where renting really makes a lot of sense. Mm because the beautiful thing with with uh, you know rental agreement is you can give 30 days notice and then move someplace else. So especially as you're you're kind of looking around at your career and kind of mapping that pathway out, don't worry about having to rent um, a, a place early on in your 20s. It gives you a lot of freedom there. But at the same time, if it is a priority there to get into a house, starting to set aside uh, money each month into your house fund, or your down payment fund is really an essential part of kind of making that next step into home, home ownership. Yeah, absolutely. You're setting yourself up for a tremendous because you're you're avoiding things like what is it PMI? I believe PMI like, exactly. Yeah, yep. you can avoid yep. that by having enough and of a PMI down payment. PMI is a personal mortgage insurance, which is basically an insurance that insures the mortgage for the bank should you default on it. Exactly. So it's, it's just an added cost that you don't. It really doesn't provide any real benefit for you. It's just a, an added expense for not having enough money to put down on a mortgage. Yeah, and I think it's 20%, right? If you don't have 20%, then they normally will kick in, make you pay for PMI? In in most cases, yes. Yeah, yeah. and that's 20% down or 20% equity in the property is when that PMI will kick in there. Got it. The other thing I just want to touch on is Early on, you really want to look at your budget. Don't don't feel like you know you can you can wait to, to do your budget. Do your budget right away. And I think the biggest cost most people have getting out of school is going to be your housing cost. Mm -hmm. 
So if you have the opportunity to live at home, live with roommates, you know, finding somewhere where you you don't have, you know, anywhere from 40 to 50 percent of your paycheck going to your living situation, that's going to allow you to build up your emergency fund, build up those bank accounts and get on your feet, I think, a little bit faster. So even though the idea of moving back home for a year doesn't sound too appealing to most people who've graduated from college, it is something maybe to explore, you know, if you have that opportunity, because it can give you a great springboard into kind of the next phase uh, of your career. Yeah, absolutely. Set yourself up for success for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're going to have you're going to be tempted by, you know, going out there and, and buying a new car. And, and it's so easy to walk into a dealership, even with very, very little credit history and finance a car. It's easy to go down to the Best Buy or wherever and, and pick up a TV. There's so many things out there that are just going to come along as temptations. And the best thing that you can do is really evaluate how important is this or is there another way for me to get this? So, for instance, with a car, I mean, you can go out and, and usually find a, a decent used car for a couple thousand dollars versus going in, you know, buying a new uh, new mm-hmm. Toyota for 25000 TVs, furniture, you can shop around at uh, used furniture stores. Craigslist is a great uh, solution. Look at ways where these aren't the things you're going to buy for the rest of your life. These are things that you're going to use for probably the next, you know, three to five years. So don't feel like you have to take on a lot of debt for to pay for these kind of starter items in your life. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And lastly, you know, you still want to have fun. You still want to go and I- enjoy things like vacations, uh, like seeing friends. You know, you're, you're going to go through a season there where it seems like every other weekend is a wedding, you know, you'll, you'll want to enjoy those things. The biggest thing is begin building a fund that saves for, for these types of things. Don't think that you can just put it on a credit card and not worry about it. Mm-hmm. They, they will want their money back. Yeah. And so. they usually want it back with a lot of interest. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it, you, you make a great point about the, the vehicle thing as well. Just kind of touching back on that. A lot of people look at and say, oh, well, you know what? I, I can get a new car, but I don't have to pay for it if I just lease it. And wow, I, I think it is such a trap in a lot of ways. Uh, there, maybe there's some certain circumstances where a lease is good, you know, especially with a business and so on and so forth. But for the personal use, I think that there is a, a very, very big problem with that, especially for younger folks that in your area specifically, there's so much to do outside. There are so many things to be able to do and enjoy. Uh, once you realize that you're limited on your mileage, you don't realize exactly how much you're driving, especially once you have a job and you've got a little bit of free money or extra money that you're going to be using for entertainment and your friends want to go do this, or you, you find a girlfriend or boyfriend that's, you know, 20, 30 miles away from you and you're driving back and forth all the time. All of a sudden you're getting, you know, to the end of your year and you were limited on your miles and, and you're already over on that first year and you got two more years to deal with. That can be a huge trap. So I think it's a good point. Just go for something used, reliable, set yourself up for a solid foundation for, for the future. That's right. That's right. It just, it just makes so much more sense to look at your 20s as, as a time to, to kind of establish the foundation mm-hmm. versus a time to just start, start building vertically. You, you want to 
you want you want to establish that foundation of you know living below your means, establishing good habits when it comes to money, and really focusing on what's truly important to you and what brings you. Uh, joy and and energy, not what what the world tells you mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. you should be doing, or you know what success looks like. The beautiful thing about the world we live in today is everyone gets to define success their own way. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. And and just remember that marketers get paid a ton of money to market products. You don't get paid anything to buy them. Uh, that's how, that's how the marketers get paid. So there are a lot of people out there trying to sell you everything under the sun and, uh, they're just looking for their next opportunity. So Royal, you really talked about this foundation after they've got this foundation of thoughts, where should they be moving at that point? So really all along this, it's really looking at building up that those, uh, accounts to protect you from kind of the worst happening. So that would be your emergency fund. Mm-hmm. Now, Kind of our general rule of thumb is we want three to six months of living expenses in the bank to cover uh, anything that could come up. Now, one thing I've seen with uh, young people who are still living at home is their their living expenses just aren't that much. You know, mom and dad don't make them pay much rent. They're not. They don't have utilities. It's maybe just gas and food. Mm-hmm. In that case, what I would do is is just set a dollar amount there that they should try to save up, you know, maybe five or ten thousand dollars, because if they take, you know, uh, three months of five hundred dollars, uh, you know, that's just not enough for, mm-hmm. for a major uh, major emergency. Yeah. And that emergency fund, that's something that if you can establish that habit early, that can really replace the use of credit cards yeah. and the use of credit in your life and protect you from all those mistakes that can pop up with kind of the the sugar rush that uh, credit cards can give you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the other thing I would say, and I see this all the time of people starting a job and becoming eligible for the 401k and not starting it because they feel they, they, they just can't afford it. In reality, especially if you have a 401k that has a match, it, it really just makes so much sense just to start that as early as possible just because of the way money compounds over time, mm-hmm. that the earlier you can start saving, the better. And I know we talk on this podca- podcast quite a bit about uh, investing and that sort of thing, so I don't want to belabor that. But you know, getting started in a 401k or if there's not a 401k available, getting a Roth IRA started uh, individually is a great way of, of starting to build – that uh, wealth for retirement. Mm-hmm. And then after that, because you know you are fairly young, there might be some other things that you want to do. You know, also looking at investing in non-retirement accounts. You know, once you have that emergency fund established, saving in those after-tax accounts where you can access the money for a new house, a better car, you know, all those other things that'll be coming down the road in the years to come. Mm-hmm. And for those that are recently graduated, or, or if you're going to be sharing this with a family member that, that is recently graduated or will be graduating soon, um, just understand that Roth IRAs, there's not a lot of money that you have to put in there on a yearly basis. In fact, it's limited. Um, is it 6500 per person now, or is it 7000 per person? So for someone under the age of 50, it's $6,000. So $6,000. Uh, for so, 2019. Yeah. So, I mean, really thinking about it, that's not that much. Even if you don't max it out, at least put something in there. But it's not – we're not saying that you have to put $20,000 a year away in a Roth IRA. You just can't. Uh, so just think about that as you're weighing your options of what you can do to invest. 
That's right. That's right. I mean, even if you get started at, you know, 50 or $100 a month, Mm -hmm. you know, that's still establishing those good habits and that foundation that you're looking to build on. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. What else? What other tips do you have? So the the other things are just looking at ways of of protecting yourself and your family. Mm. Kind of some easy tips there is if you are renting, I would really encourage you to just get a a renter's insurance policy. Mm Mm-hmm. Just in case something, you know, there's a break-in or, you know, a fire or anything like that, we're talking something that usually runs maybe $100, $150 a year. Yeah. Uh, and it's a great way of kind of insuring your things in case the worst happens. The other thing I, I, I see quite often is, especially if you're a married couple, get that, get that term life insurance in place uh, as, as early as possible just in case – not necessarily that that a death occurs because that, that would be devastating as well. But there might be a change in your health where you can no longer get the insurance. You might get a diagnosis or be in an accident that you're just not able to to get that insurance any longer. Yeah, that's a good point. And then finally, the 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 one I see the one insurance I see neglected the most is just disability insurance, mm-hmm. which is basically the insurance. Um, that will pay you if you're ever disabled for the long term. So definitely if if you have disability insurance offered through work, it's definitely something to to, to look at and consider seriously because it can uh, save you in the long run. Yeah, absolutely. That's your your biggest asset, right, is yourself. So ensuring that is, right. is paramount. All right. What else do we need to, to cover today, Royal? Well, I think we, we covered really how to build that foundation as you're kind of transitioning out of that educational phase of your life into your career phase. So kind of following these steps, kind of taking that step back and, and looking at your life and what you really want to build. I think that this can uh, give people a good roadmap to kind of building the life that they want to live. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much, Royal, for your time today. My pleasure. All right. And thank you all for listening to the Life by Design podcast with Royal Stanley. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Royal comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Life by Design podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The views expressed are those of the presenter and may not reflect the views of United Planner Financial Services. Material discussed is meant to provide general information and is not to be construed as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. Individual needs vary and require consideration of your unique objectives and financial situation. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Advisory services offered through Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, Inc. Securities offered through United Planner Financial Services of America, member FINRA and SIPC. Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, Inc. and United Planners Financial Services are independent companies.